once again for the BitMart Brain Trust. We get in front of the non-fungible campfire and we talk about everything in the world of crypto and NFTs, primarily NFTs. I'm your host, as always, for some reason, Matt Ryan, and I'm joined by both members of the Brain Trust. We got Kalichi eBay back and we have Nathan Simone. Nathan looking fancy. He's got the shades on. He's drinking kombucha. Jimothy's in the background just chilling. It's it's a fun time this week and we're going to be talking about some of the big stuff going on in the world of NFTs. Primarily what's been going on with Magic Eden. Uh, something we've been covering on the non-fungible news and Nathan you were shaking your head. You look you look flummoxed. You look perplexed. You look like you have just straight agita. Please explain what's going on. All is not well in the Garden of Eden, uh, Matt, which I guess is rather biblical because all was not well in the biblical Garden of Eden. Magic Eden, the largest Solana NFT marketplace. Basically, the OpenSea or JPEG store, for those in the Cardano world, of Solana has decided that they're no longer going to enforce creator set royalties, to which I say, what? Yeah, not the- What? So so here's (laughs) my thinking on it, because it comes back to the argument I've been trying to get an understanding on for the past couple of shows. Are you a security? Are you an asset? Are you art? Are you a movie? Like the Lord of the Rings are now being shown in the metaverse via NFTs. NFTs have become such a catch-all collegi. If you want to drop in a point, please go ahead. Yeah, about uh, Lord of the Rings or Solana. Well, I thought you were about to say something. No, I mean, it's it's, it's pretty, it's it's a, I mean, very, very shocking (laughs) move for Magic Eden to to kind of disable that or give the option for buyers to not, you know, you know, pay real, uh, you know, for, for the creators to earn royalties for, for each sale. Um, that, 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 I think that would drive a lot of, you know, creators to other platforms, you know, because most creators, like the only way they support their project in order to continue to build and you know to you know, keep the lights on, so to speak, is from royalties. So if you're giving the buyers the option, you're basically telling your creators that you know we don't care so much about you. But if there's no creators, then there's no there's no NFTs to buy. <laughs> so, but it's it's a very very um, interesting move because this could open up the doors for other lower tier like um, marketplaces in Solana to try to usurp. Uh, magic eating and or it could lead to like a migration you know from uh magic eating to you know cardano or even open sea you know for the ethereum network so definitely a big move and plus they said that they they're not going to be charging any um any fees from the sale of of nfts in in their marketplace so i'm kind of kind of confused like how are they actually making money off of this it's just like a it is just like a PR move, you know, to kind of get attention to Magic Eden because I guarantee you this will send a lot of traffic to their website, create a lot of attention, create a lot of publicity. And the fact that it said it's not permanent could just be, <laughs> could be a marketing point to get a lot of traffic to their website. But who knows? That would be a move that 
I think is very short-sighted. I see this as them trying to recoup revenue in a bear market and trying to walk back something that was initially a reason for people to sign up to the platform. I, If you're going to distribute royalties, then you are viewing it as art or as a commodity with value that has an ownership percentage. You are paying a royalty. You're paying a use fee. Like if you, we were doing a show and we decided that we wanted Future to do the theme song, we would have to pay a royalty or a percentage or a use fee. Right. For stuff on Magic Eden, if it's mostly art, you don't pay. Like if I buy a Picasso, the person who owns the Picasso is the one who gets paid, not Picasso getting a royalty on it. So it's how we view the asset. It's how we view the the utility and i think that it causes a bigger conversation about what are nfts what do we make of the marketplace because if different nft marketplaces started to hyper focus i think it would help expedite things in the marketplace like if magic eden was the solana gaming nft platform and it was just gaming. And then we're seeing a lot of the hyper fixation or hyper localization start to come up on the scene. We're seeing music-based NFT platforms and such things like that. Warner Brothers, we announced it on this week's edition. One of the NFNs this week is partnering with a group to put Lord of the Rings and other WB movies into the metaverse so you can own them as NFTs and watch them in 4K or whatever. That it comes down to what are they? What do you think is an NFT? And I think the language is starting to make it really hard to discern what they are. We need to start hyper-defining what these NFTs are. What What's an NFT? What's not an NFT? What's it within this body of language? Because I think it's starting to have concussive effects on the industry. Ah, uh, man. So the, the, the Picasso um, example you gave, like an argument could be made that, you know, you know, obviously he's, he's the original like creator. Um, but even if you're not on the art, like you still enjoying the art, you know, you still, you know, you still like enjoying it. So an argument could be made that, you know, Picasso should still get rewarded for, you know, you enjoying the art, you know? Um, and again, this, this, okay. If they do this, is it just for just art-based NFTs? Like, what is the long-term implication here? What about like to your point, music NFTs, where you know if you continue to stream it, to stream the 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 music, you know the the artist is supposed to get paid for you know for those streams. So, but they're getting know. paid a fraction of a fraction of a fraction of a cent. Let's just let's just be honest. Commerce is not built to facilitate art. It is there to pay for art, but it is not there to facilitate the artist because everything is built towards the distributor, towards the publisher, towards the owner. It is not towards the artist. And before I get too political about it, that's been one of the key issues we've been seeing in the music space. I think it's something that we see all the time with television and how streaming accounts for royalties. How do you account for that? This is the new math. This is the new money. This is the new language. These things have value. How do you discern that value as opposed to television streaming 
or television syndication rights, plays, airs. There's all this different minutia in there. And I think the industry was too short-sighted to see all of this coming, even though it's happened in literally every medium ever. It's everything within a creative identity. These are the problems you face. These are the things that dictate in the marketplace that have been universal since the advent of publishing. The, since the fucking Gutenberg press. These have been the things that we've been having to deal with and answer for. And it's still not perfect. It's completely imbalanced in the traditional means of operations. You're, you're creating a no-win situation if you're Magic Eden. Because you're screwing over your creators. You're screwing over the people who create content for you. Magic Eden doesn't create content, or at least doesn't create the majority of their content. They're aggregators. They're like BuzzFeed. You can sign right. up to the platform. You can put your stuff off there, up there, and you make money off the thing. They're not hiring artists in ma on Moss. To hire, they're not getting paid to make things. They're putting things up on the platform and selling them and hoping for money and then royalties after the effect. So it's it's a broken system globally. Like it's right down broken. And I think that no one in the NFT space, for the most part, thought about this particular thing because they were so obsessed over everything else, every other detail. There are things that are going to get lost in the shuffle. And I think this is one of them and it's a big one. Well, you know, Matt, you bring up a lot of great points there, but we want to narrow down that this is really a Solana specific mishap because you still have royalties on OpenSea. You still have royalties on JPEG store. Pretty much every other NFT uh, platform does the royalties because you're right. This has been a historical problem where if you didn't have an estate set up or you didn't know how to compensate the family of the artist or the next of kin, it's just all too easy for lawyers to kind of finagle it away. And then, you know, you end up having somebody with all these Picassos and then what happens to Picasso's families or heirs? Are they getting any of this multi-million, sometimes multi-billion dollar output? So when you put it on the blockchain, it automatically fixed this, which is why people loved royalties on the blockchain, because it didn't matter if you sold it anonymously and it didn't matter what amount you did for when the smart contract went through a little bit of that kickback at the royalty amount got sent to the artist. And the, um, <clears throat> I think sometimes you can even do sub ones where the last person who owned it gets a little bit of royalty too. So all the right incentives were there. This is just like another thing that Solana has bungled. And I, I shouldn't maybe even say Solana because Solana doesn't control magic Eden, but it is, I've noticed, and I had a podcast called Solana is the McDonald's ice cream machine of the crypto <laughs> world for international listeners who don't know that McDonald's here in the U S if you try and get ice cream there, the machine probably doesn't work about 90% of the time. You know, you know why they don't know that Nathan, because in the other countries, the goddamn ice cream machine always works. Well, and I should say this. I went to a McDonald's in Sicily once. Beautiful. Oh, you could eat off Why the Why did floor. you go to a McDonald's so, in Sicily? You're in Sicily. The cradle of culinary not, civilization. After 30 days, you actually got really tired of like the pizza and the other stuff that you would eat. Um, <laughs> also, the, the McDonald's is just better. Let's not get sidetracked on that. The whole point here is that, you know, you're so right, Matt. 
if you, you have a marketplace, you have an NFT marketplace, you're creating pretty much none of this content. And I would gather to say none. Um, although I think maybe OpenSea and other places have started to come out with some of their stuff. Regardless, the entire reason you have the marketplace is because what you're selling is from artists and other creators. The royalties are just the correct incentives to not only get buyers in there, but to keep the artists on there. So right. that if their art blows up and Kalichi's NFT or my NFT becomes the next bored ape, yeah, we may have only created it for 30 ADA or 30, you know, <clears throat> 0 0.03 ETH. But if it keeps blowing up, it keeps blowing up. Hey, 5% of a million dollars is still much more than 5% of $50. The incentives are there for you to keep accruing value on the art that you've created. This is just another thing in Solana where I don't know. There's no incentives for anybody to do better. They have way too much venture funding. The network continually goes down and Kalichi, I'm interested to hear your thoughts on this before we kind of segue to the fact that not on our opinion, not because we love Cardano so much, although that is true, it literally happened in the news that people started moving away from Solana to Cardano because Cardano is just a better NFT ecosystem. Kalichi, what about your thoughts here on, on Magic Eden getting rid of the royalties and the overall Solana ecosystem? I mean, some of the some of the points you made, you know, were just very very valid and like for example um be like being like dc focused and um in this case not putting the um artists like not putting their um you know their well-being into consideration because um most of the most of the reasons why a lot of like artists you know like nfts is because of the residual like you know kickback they're going to get from their work you know it takes a lot of work to to create art you know, really good art, you know, whether that be music, whether it be, you know, just paintings, um, you know, it, you need, you need, you need something passive to survive. Like you cannot just leave off just one off, you know, you know, sale, like you have rents every month, you have bills every month, you know, that's why royalties are so critical. Um, now, you know, putting that into the hands of the buyer can really, you know, mess up the, you know, the, the creators. So, Naturally, that that led um, a lot of, um, you know, drew a lot of attention to other marketplaces that haunt, like honors like royalties. You know, in this case, you know, JPEG Store and other like Cardano NFT marketplaces saw like a huge increase in in trading volume. Um, you know, because at the end of the day, too, you know, buyers, a lot of buyers will also also want wants to support like artists, people who create stuff. So they'll be like, oh, this, this particular NFT marketplace supports creators. Hey, let me go support them. You know, that's another part, you know, that I don't think Magic Eden put into, uh, like put into consideration. People actually want to support, you know, people who create great content or great arts, you know, is why people tip like, you know, you know, people who stream like games and stuff on YouTube or, you know, Twitch, you know, it's, you know, people really like want to support people. So, um, Taking that away from 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 creators, that's a very very um, controversial move. Um, I don't know how the long term impact of that will be, but I assume that, or I feel that will lead to a lot of, um, you know, competitors, you know, magic eating competitors to really this is this is the time to shine pretty much. Um, you know, the verdict is still out there for how this impacts magic eating. Like I, again, I really don't know why they made this move. <laughs> It's really, really risky, um, but hey, you know they, 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 they. One thing they said is they, they, they looked at the data 
and they saw that people actually prefer this way of you know optional you know royalty um, optional royalties. But again, yeah, the data says it's good for business for them, but you know, I don't know. I don't know how that 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 will work long term for them. Well, and here's the interesting thing too. You could see like if Magic Eden was like they had like 10% of the market share, 20%, you could say, oh, this is a really interesting short-term PR move to get people to use their platform. And then they're going to come out with new terms and conditions and bada bing, bada boom. They're going to be like every other platform. That's not the case though. Magic Eden is like the open sea of Solana. They had 90% of the market share. This is like somebody else that has, you know, an overwhelming market share. This is like Walmart or Target saying, um, uh, by the way, there are no bathrooms in our stores anymore. In order to check out, you have to eat a whole sack of lemons. You're just like, what, what are you talking about? Why are you making it hard for people to do business with you? This is like, this is, you're, you're like the leader. Just lead and set reasonable guidelines and everybody will make money, artists included. Right. Hold on, it, eating an entire bag of lemons is not a reasonable guideline? I, I gotta make some calls. I gotta call some people. I, you do not want to get scurvy, especially in the Target, because <laughs> there are no bathrooms there anymore. Um, yeah, it's just it's just odd, and you can see Kalichi and Matt why people would want to go to the Cardano ecosystem. This is kind of our our segue here. Is that once again not just because we're Cardano fans? You know, that's the running joke of this show. It's literally a newsworthy event that happened on the 18th of October that people ran from Solana to Cardano, not only because of network advantages, because, you know, Cardano doesn't go down all the time and actually works as a network, but two, a, a report by OpenCNFT, which tracks Cardano statistics, disclosed that trading volume on Cardano just like even a couple days ago had a 110% surge in just 24 hours. The top 12 CNFT collections had their value increased by over 100%, some as much as 2,500% in 24 hours. And you could say, well, oh, hey, that's a coincidence. Maybe Cardano is just doing really well. By the way, they are doing pretty well. But what it actually signals is that a huge value transfer came from another network. And reasonably, if Solana is going down and Cardano is going up, uh, you know, it doesn't take uh, it doesn't take too much intuition to figure out what's going from what to what. So, Matt, I'm interested to to hear your opinion on people migrating from Solana to Cardano and what reasons you might think they have for it. It's when keeping it real goes wrong, capitalism edition, basically, because Cardano facilitated an opening. Everybody who was on Solana. Well, or a majority of people who were on Solana decided, nah, don't like this anymore. I'm out. I'm I'm done. I'm done. Bye-bye. See ya. Bonsoir. Uh, I just, this is what happens when you make an unpopular decision. You deal with the repercussions. And, and unlike gerrymandered voting districts, these things actually speak because it's money. Money talks especially in this marketplace because when you start affecting how people make their living you're going to piss people off and if i'm making an investment in something and i know going in that the artist is going to get a payment out of this it's the craven capitalist versus the more genteel capitalist that's kind of the argument here and 
Yeah, like you, you're talking about the the Solana ecosystem going down fre- more frequently than other ones. Just a litany of issues. It becomes the McDonald's ice cream machine because when it works, it's awesome. But when is it? Come on. <laughs> I, I like McDonald's ice cream. Like I, you know, it's it's honestly it's been so long since I've had it. <laughs> like, uh, I should go back and try it. You know, if the machine would work. Well, yeah, that's why it's saying if the machine works, if the machine works this, if the machine does, you know. McFlurries are great, though. I will say I I, I will, yeah. Please continue. It's just more of the, what do people expect? We're in a bear market. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. This is something, obviously, that saw the struggle bus coming because this, this this is something that, this is the last straw for so many people that this is not something that just kind of happened out of nowhere. This was building anybody who's been in a relationship, especially one that has ended knows it is not one thing that makes you turn on someone. It is a cacophony of things that build up to it. So Lana was a bad boyfriend. <laughs> And everybody who left got tired of it and then went on a bit date or, you know, a coin date or whatever you want to call it and ended up going out with Cardano and thinking, oh, this guy's better. He's more reliable. He took me to Coldstone. Yeah. Their machine is never down. This episode. There is no machine. <laughs> Funny, because, like, when you look at JPEG's store, like what really like led to their rise is the fact that they started, you know, like honoring like royalties, like giving royalties to creators. And that led to, you know, a lot of, you know, innovative like projects, ideas, you know, to come into the network and, you know, to really, you know, create innovative products. So on one end, you have a marketplace, you know, that, you know, grew to popular, like grew their popularity because they started like, you know, offering royalties and then you have another platform, like pretty much doing the exact opposite. So there has to be, a, it has to be a reason why, why they do that. I'm still trying to give them the benefit of the doubt uh, because in one, in one way I can see what they're trying to do because by giving, by making it optional, uh, you in in a way you you you're trying to like opt out from you know the the different utilities that you know a project provides you know say maybe to provide you know some kind of you know Discord a private Discord group or a, a staking utility and you know by purchasing the NFT and not paying the royalty to the to the creator you're saying I don't want that but then again it brings up the question then why are you buying the NFT in the first place. So maybe I, you just buy it because you like the art and you don't want anything to do with the, you know, the extra stuff, the utility. Um, that could be a valid reason. So again, it overall, it, it looks like, a, it sounds like a very crazy idea, but I'm trying to just play like, play like devil's advocate a little bit and see things from their perspective. Um, you know, again, we'll see, we'll see what happens in the next couple of months, but it's, it's definitely a very, very risky, risky move from, from Magic Eden. I, you know, even trying to play devil's advocate, I just think that, it, you know, there's that, that saying the road to hell is paved with good intentions. <laughs> let, let's just say that you're right. Let's take the devil's advocate <laughs> position. They really thought that this was going to be a good thing. I think you also have to know PR and human psychology and especially people that are in the, 
creative, artistic sort of side of things, how this is going to be perceived. And right, so right, right. Matt, Matt said a really great thing that I kind of wanted to expand upon, which is, you know, he said well, one ecosystem in this case, you know, Magic Eden has become craven capitalism and maybe Cardano is a little bit genteel capitalism. I actually think there's a better analogy in that there's a difference between being a collector of art and a patron of the arts. And a collector of art, we could kind of think of as just somebody who's purchasing it as an investment. They know it's valuable, but maybe they're not, they're not really, they don't really care about the art. They look at the art the same way they would as a basket of stocks or a bar of gold or things like that. And they just have it to preserve wealth. Whereas even though a patron of the arts can do that, we tend to think of patron of the arts as not only having the financial investment in the art, but they sometimes have personal relationships with the artists. They support different artistic things. Yes, there's a financial element involved because money makes the world go round, but it's less more of like a business brokerage transaction and more human at the end of the day. And, you know, maybe one of the benefits um, of Cardano not having such a well-developed and kind of, in my opinion, slept on NFT ecosystem is that they've just been allowed to develop as this creator-focused community. And if you look on Cardano Twitter or interact with anybody in the CNFT community, you find that it is very artist-based and that the people that get in on Cardano NFT collections um, want to do it because they genuinely love the Cardano network and how amazing it is and how easy it is to do NFTs. But there's just all this weird, and I mean weird in a good way, creativity going on there, kind of because they've just been left to themselves. So, yeah, I, I mean, Matt, unless you have another comment here that you want to touch on, I, I'd love to move on to, Kalichi, what you think, you know, makes the Cardano NFT ecosystem so different amongst the NFT ecosystems. But Matt, please, if you have anything. No, nah, I'll pass the ball to Kalichi so he can answer that question, but... I think this needs to be a rationalization point for everyone who considers themselves zealots for a specific blockchain. Right. There I mean, is no loyalty in finance. <laughs> the loyalty is where the money is coming from. If there is no money coming in, they're going to find someone else to give them money. Loyalty does not exist <laughs> in modern this where, finance. This is where being a maxi. This is where being a maxi goes wrong. Can you imagine the people that are all in on Solana, all in on Solana NFTs? They never would think that Magic Eden would do something like this. This is this is the rug. This is a psychological rug pull. It's what it is. You're like, oh no, my favorite chain would never do that. And you're like, oh, by the way, uh, Solana NFTs. Um, not only are they not going to do renewable energy to power their stuff, all their energy is going to be sourced by child labor in mines. You're like, <laughs> what? what? Liddy? What? I, I didn't want any part of that. And you're just like, sorry, Solana rug pulled you. you this isn't the Lowell Mills. What the <laughs> hell? <laughs> To, oh just to gosh. your point, Matt, of like how being a maxi can be dangerous and you got to keep an open mind even when it comes to blockchain. Right. There's more than one use case, people. Come on. That's true. That's true. I mean, I mean, to, to your question, uh, Nathan, um, like Cardano has like a, a, a lot going for it. Like, for one, the network never goes down. Yep. <laughs> yep. <laughs> you know, for whatever reason, the network never goes down. And whenever there's like an upgrade in the, in the uh, of the blockchain, 
um, nothing goes wrong. Everything just goes, you know, according to plan. You know, that's because they take really, really, um, they put a lot of effort into making sure everything is done right. They're not trying to move too fast and break things like, you know, you know, people from the um, auto blockchain networks like Ethereum, Solana, how they do, they have this kind of Silicon Valley type man, uh, mindset. Um, but now you have a stable network, you know, with very, very low fees, especially with, you know, the, the, the seal um, hard fork. And now you have low fees, you have a stable network and you have a, a marketplace that, 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 that actually rewards their creators. You know, those are really, you know, three, you know, strong selling points, you know, for, you know, the Cardano ecosystem. So, you know, unless you're just completely biased and just being a maxi, you know, you start, you're starting to see why, you know, Cardano, like why a lot of people actually like Cardano, like, you know, you know, contrary to the uh, popular opinion that no one likes Cardano, it's a ghost chain. Actually, a lot of, there's a lot of, you know, support for Cardano. Um it's just starting to get more and more like mainstream attention now. So, you know, again, very, very interesting move from, from Magic Eden. Um, and when it comes to, when it comes to NFT in general, like you always want to support the creator because not only will they be able to like, you know, fend for their families, you know, and continue to, you know, you know, you know, be able to afford, you know, live um, living expenses, but now you, you still give them the ability to create, you know, you know, the royalties, that's, that's what it does, especially if you have this, you know, grand vision of what you're trying to do with your NFT project, maybe you're trying to, you know, you know develop um, a game or you're using it to support charity or whatever, you know, mission, you know, you have for your project, that royalty actually helps support that. So that's something you don't want to really mess with, you know, when, it, when you're like a, a marketplace, but apparently Magic Eating, they know something we don't. So we'll be interested <laughs> yeah, to see that what they're they boned. <laughs> I, I've got a question for you guys before we move we move on or end the show wherever wherever we are. I, I don't even know anymore. Time doesn't make sense to me. Um, <laughs> time is relative. <laughs> yeah. I live on the Slaughterhouse 5 timeline, baby boy. Um, when it comes to royalties... Do you think that why is it that NFTs and royalties matter so much? As if the, the thing about this is, if NFTs didn't have royalties at the start, do you think this would be a big stumbling block? Would this have been something that stood in the way? And here's a better question Are NFT artists, you know, deserving of? Do they deserve? royalties i think they do but we have to add, we have to look at why magic eden would make this move outside right. of the fact that they might be losing market share they're losing market share they're losing profitability this is a move potentially and we don't know this is all speculation we are just talking here i am the least knowledgeable person about this subject in this room but when the idea of royalties and nfts first started guys do you think if it didn't exist that we would be seeing problems like this now? Or would this be something at some point where a Magic Eden could have come into the marketplace and made a splash by saying, we're going to be the first ones to doing royalties? When did it become, why is it the norm? And do you think that it should be the norm 
Because if you're a maxi and you're supporting the scene, or if you're a patron of the arts, you're looking to make it, you're trying to make as much, but you're also willing to pay that penalty because it keeps the ecosystem going unless you're a, a mini where it's like, I want to make as much as possible. I want to mitigate as much risk and as much cost as possible. And I don't want to give anybody else my money. You're pseudo libertarian in that regard. Anything Excellent question, Matt. You want, I'm sorry. Did you, you wanted me to go Kalichi? Yeah, you can. Okay. Um, excellent and very detailed question, Matt. And the only comparison that I can come up with right now is that the reason why royalties and NFTs can have stayed together for the most part, I think is because they started this from the beginning. It was hard coded into most of the smart contracts that were written as an optionality. And that just set the good standard from the start. The only comparison that I can honestly even think of right now of how much of an uphill battle this would be. Because remember, anytime you're trying to get people to pay more money for anything in life, there's a disincentive to do that um, for lots of reasons. But the only thing that I can really think of that would be more of an uphill battle than this is imagine if you, imagine if you wanted to start another blockchain now to rival Bitcoin, but you wanted it to also be proof of work. Proof of work when Bitcoin started in 2009, first of all, nobody had heard of it. Second of all, it wasn't using up that much energy, but pretty much the only blockchain that will ever be allowed to do proof of work, and it will stay proof of work because of its unique use case, is Bitcoin. But even Bitcoin, the uphill battle is they're always having to fight. It uses too much energy. And if you want to be a Bitcoin miner these days and not be skewered publicly, or go the way of the dodo bird, you have to start with renewable energy, even if you're using proof of work. So if we did not have royalties on NFTs and you wanted to add them later, it would be similar to raising taxes or adding a service fee or something like that. People would be opposed to it because there's just a tendency to, if I'm getting something at a lower cost, why would I want to pay the same for, for a higher cost? So I'm glad that it was hard-coded from the beginning. As to whether um, NFT creators deserve royalties uh that is you know that's a whole box of snakes right there that's almost like deciding whether uh i don't know like whether a uh, um like a like a mover or somebody who who doesn't rely on tips for a living like a waiter because that's a bad example um somebody who doesn't rely on tips for a living deciding if they're worthy of a tip because there's just so much that goes into it. Do you think the project is creative enough? Do you think that they're just taking the royalties and pocketing them? Are the royalties going into a liquidity pool where they're doing other stuff with them? There's, there's a lot of nuance that goes into that. So I think it's up to the individual or the groups of people that are buying NFTs to decide whether they deserve royalties. And there's a reason why the market seems to have set royalties around three to five. I've never seen more than 7% personally on a reputable NFT collection because it has to be this reasonable amount where people still feel like they're getting great value, but that maybe the royalty is also contributing a significant amount added up over time and quantity to the creators themselves. But you, you could, right. what do you I mean, again, I... I, I can see, I can see, I can like think of of use cases of why they they chose to go this path. Um, for example, a good another good example would be if a, if a project like rugs, right? Um, and for whatever reason, people are still like buying the NFT 
in the, in the secondary market, you know, you know, and like an ethical decision can 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 be made that you know should they actually those people actually still receive those royalties because now we, if you give the option to the buyer, they'd be like, you know what, you know they're rugged, you know, even if we buy this NFT, you know they're not going to get any share of it. You know, the NFT is just going to be, you know, the exchange of value is just going to be, you know, the, the person who owned the NFT at that point. And that's it. You know, it's not, nothing is going to go to the, to the, the original creator of the, of the NFT collection. So again, I can see some reasoning behind the move, but like I said, it's a very, very risky move. One that may pay off one that may absolutely bomb and just, you know, lead a lot of creators to go to other places where you know they can earn their royalties so um another argument could be made you know that that would you know um disincentivize you know rock pool projects to stay on card on also on magic even because they know that you know they may not get their royalties if they rug right so that may reduce the amount of you know rock projects in the ecosystem and maybe who knows? Maybe they have some kind of backend data to support this. What I just said that you know a lot of you know rock projects are just getting away with you know earning royalties. Um, again, that's uh, that's that's the only reason why I can see why you know not the only reason, but maybe some of the reasons why they decided to go down this um, path. But I mean, definitely creators deserve to um, to get royalties. Um, and I think this is why even like a lot of celebrities or musicians are kind of coming into the NFT ecosystem to see how they can, you know, cut down that that uh, middleman and have the royalties, you know, go go straight to the to the artists, right? And not go to middleman and order like, you know, you know, people trying to collect on them because at the end of the day, those are the people that are getting screwed. You know, the actual the people creating the value. And that's why NFT is so popular. Uh, NFT is that's why they're so popular because now it's giving people um, back, you know, ownership and giving them the ability to not only create something and, and earn from it, but this can be, you know, across the world, you know, not in a in a specific geographical area. And you know, I, I think NFT should uh, should definitely have royalties, in my personal opinion. But again, I can see things from the other side as well. I'm not like one like one sided when, when it comes to things like this. I try to see the other uh, perspective. Well, and real quick, Kalichi, before we sort of wrap up here and end, because I think that we've uh, we've gone on long enough here. This will be a topic to where there really is no clear answer. It's just our opinions. Um, it's a mess. If if you ask me, I was yeah. already not a I was already not <laughs> a fan of Solana before this, and now it's just like. It's like, I don't know, it's like somebody that stabbed you in the back and just keeps on calling you. At what point do you just, you don't even just block their number. You just throw your phone out the window and get a new phone. Um, my, uh, that's a terrible example. Just block their number. Anyways, <laughs> what do you, um, because I, I'm actually not that knowledgeable about this. Um, what do you see as being the biggest ways that creators end up using royalties? Because I think there's a misunderstanding that they're all just pocketed. And so that's like the, the artists, like, you know, it's, it's like another wage for them other than the sale of the art. But I know there's a lot of different ways that projects are using royalties. Could you go into some that you've seen for that? Yeah, absolutely. Um, so, you know, when, when you, when you release an NFT collection, you know, that's just for a lot of projects, that's just the beginning, the beginning stage. They have 
you know, all the things that they're trying to do. Um, and uh, that is, you know, for example, it involves like maybe like hiring more people, right? You know, you, so you need that, you need a royalty coming in in order to pay people, right? You know, pay either freelancers or bring people in in-house to, to, you know, get the stuff done that you want done, done. So, you know, it, it's just, it's not all about just, you know, um, you know, the creators just, you know, you know, having a source of living, a source of income, but it also goes into like further development of the project. Um, you know, again, depending on, on what that project wants to do, but for most projects, you know, the actual, you know, you know, sale of the NFT or the, or the arts is just the beginning phase. Uh, most of the, most projects, you know, they want to, you know, use NFTs in, in a lot of ways. They want to use, they want to, for example, they want to have a 3D version of it in, in order to, in order to use those NFTs, you know, in different like metaverse, you know, environments, you know, those things cost money to build. Like I can, I can, I can, you know, attest from my own, my own project, my own experience, that takes a lot, a lot of work to create the 3D um, avatar to rig the character, to animate the character, all that stuff takes like a lot of, you know, work and hours. So, you know, those things, those are the things that like people outside don't see, but, you know, if, if you have those expenses coming in, you need a way to, you know, to pay for them. Um, and maybe you're trying to, you know, develop a, some kind of a game or something, you know, that takes a lot of money, you know, when it comes to hiring game developers. So, so yeah. You know, there's a lot of there's a lot of you know hidden expenses that most people don't see um, for NFT projects, but you know, yeah, that that's that's why you want that royalties there, um, so to help support the project. Sure, yeah, and and sometimes the royalties actually go to charity. And I know right. that people, people say like, well, three to 5%, that's not much. But, you know, I have a great real life example because I live here in Colorado. Um, they There's a tax that they've had since either the late 80s or the early 90s. That's like, I don't even think it's half of a penny of a tax. Maybe it's three fourths of a penny. It's some fraction of a penny. So it's a teensy tiny amount that you never notice, but obviously over thousands, perhaps millions of people and millions or billions of transactions per year, um, it adds up to quite a bit of an amount, and that is what they use to fund the wonderful park system here in Denver. Now, statewide, the Colorado Lottery actually, unlike um, unlike most states where the where the lottery goes to like roads or schools, allegedly education. Sure, specifically here in Colorado, it goes to more than fifty percent goes to the wilderness areas. So people, once again, they always wonder like, how do they keep this up? But it's because Essentially, the money people are giving over the money without even realizing it, and it doesn't—it doesn't matter if it's teensy tiny amounts. It adds up, and as long as it's public and audited and has decent stewardship, it goes towards different things. And I think people sometimes maybe need to think of NFT royalties the the same way. And of course, you need to do your due diligence on a project to see, you know, if somebody says, "Hey, we're donating this three percent to the Rainforest Foundation," well, it should be very easy to show me the transactions that you're doing there through some sort of right. audit. And actually, most rep reputable projects they want to do that. They almost over promote. They're like. Hey, we did another donation to the rainforest project, you know, this and the other, because it's just, it's goodwill ambassadorship. So right. yeah, it's just, it's one of those things. Like I said, we can, we can end here. Matt's going to play us out, but <laughs> it is a mess. 
uh, go to Brewster's or something like that, people. You know, better yet, just get a tub of ice cream from the store. Ooh. Scoop it out with your hands. I'm a big fan of the birthday cake flavor. And don't deal with the, the ice cream machines going down. <laughs> I mean, it's just, it's, it's a mess, people. What do you do? Just want to add one thing real quick that, you know, when it comes to royalties, you can actually split the royalties as well. So, you know, you can you can make it to to send to, to an address that actually splits the royalty, you know, one like maybe uh, a certain percentage going to the creator and a certain percentage automatically going to um, like a charity address. So, you know, the, the real legitimate projects, they can they can really, you know, show that they really mean what they say if they if they implement something like that, because now you you is now like tied to the smart contract to just automatically make that happen. Like no one can um, it cannot be touched. Like the money is always going to go to the charity, you know. So, you know, when, when, when people start like like innovating and doing things like that, where you're saying you're not just dependent, you're not just depending on the particular project to honor their their the the claim that they're helping a, a charity it's actually programmed in a smart contract to automatically do that for every sale you know so these are the things that you know once you start like messing around with you know royalties you know you could you know you could you could mess those types of things up you know in such a way that people will not be able to you know support the charity or you know do something else with the with the money um so you know all good things to know. And let us know your thoughts either on social media. You can follow us in the show notes below. And also, if you're watching this on YouTube, let us know your thoughts in the comments. If there's anything cool in there, we'll talk about it next week here on the show. But thank you, as always, to Nathan Simone and Kalichi Ebay being, as always, the two best dudes to talk to about this stuff. I'm Matt Ryan. And until next time, this has been the Bitmark Brain Trust. Coldstone. Hello to everybody out there in crypto land. Did you enjoy that conversation? I know that I did. It's always interesting to learn more about crypto projects, NFTs, and what is going on in this very unique industry. But now we've got to get some legal stuff out of the way, all right? It's just the way that it is. So I wanted to let you know that all opinions and actions expressed and undertaken by the hosts and guests are individual opinions and actions and do not reflect the views and actions of Bitmark. Bitmart does not guarantee the accuracy, applicability, reliability, integrity, performance, completeness, or appropriateness of this content. The value of digital currencies can go up or down, and there can be a substantial risk in buying, selling, holding, or investing in digital currencies. You should carefully consider whether trading or holding digital currencies is suitable for you based on your personal investment objectives, financial circumstances, and risk tolerance. Bitmart does not provide investment, tax, or legal advice. Use of BitMart services is entirely at your own risk.